Can I just say that the sunrise is a little sweeter this morning here on October 2nd, 2023? I'm Adam Wright. You're listening to Roadmap to Heaven here on Covenant Network. It's a joy to be back with you after our fall radiothon. And right off the bat, I'd like to say thank you for everyone who tuned in, everyone who participated. Uh, whether it was as a guest, as a caller, whatever it may be, or even as a listener. You know, we love the fact that you listen. And uh, we had some fine guests on in the 7 o'clock hour. I've got some notes to follow up on on some ideas we might want to share on the show here. Let's pray, and then let's talk about what's ahead on today's show. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. O Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day for all the intentions of your Sacred Heart in union with the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world, in reparation for my sins, for the intentions of all my relatives and friends, and in particular for the intentions of the Holy Father, amen. We dedicate all of our thoughts, words, and actions to the greater glory of God in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. All right, right off the bat, a few important things we have to say today. Number one, we are now in the month of October, the month dedicated to the Holy Rosary. And so I want to encourage you, if you are not someone who prays your rosary every day, let's make this the month that that we start it, right? You know, that's what we say every October. Uh, Let's all do it together, Um, whether you pray it together as a family, whether you're by yourself, whether you pray it along with a recording, whether you listen to us at 10 o'clock in the morning, however you have to pray your rosary, pray your rosary. That's the most important thing about it. Don't worry about, you know, well, I pray with a recording because I I, I don't like to pray it by myself. That's fine. You're praying it. I like to pray it by myself because I don't like to pray with other people. That's fine. You're praying it. The, The important thing is pray the rosary. Now, closely linked to that, This Saturday is not only the first Saturday of October, it is also the feast of Our Lady of the Rosary, Our Lady of Lepanto, Our Lady of Victory, uh, when the rosary was instrumental in saving not only the church but Western civilization. We are encouraging everyone not only to make your first Saturday devotions this Saturday, but to participate in Rosary Coast to Coast. And you can find more information on that at rosarycoasttocoast.com. Dot com And here's what we're asking you to do. Actually, here's what Father Heilman's asking you to do. He was on the show the other week. Three o'clock Central Time this Saturday, pray the glorious mysteries. Pray the glorious mysteries gathered in public somewhere. It could be in front of your house. It could be in front of your church. It could be on Main Street. It could be wherever. But we are encouraging everyone to do that this Saturday. Uh, we're going to encourage you to pray the rosary Saturday as part of your fa- first Saturday devotions anyway. So go to 8 o'clock mass in the morning or whatever time your Saturday morning mass is. And then um, that afternoon, pray the rosary together. Here's the the requirements for First Saturday. Make a good confession, go to Mass, receive our Lord in Holy Communion, pray the rosary, meditate for 15 minutes upon the mysteries of the rosary. If you go to rosarycoasttocoast.com, you can register your group and let people know where you are praying so that they can maybe link up with you if they don't have a group. All of these things would be wonderful. Also, Friday is First Friday, so we have that devotion as well. Ahead on the show today, we're going to hear from Father Jonathan Meyer about the importance of the Angelus. Monsignor Morris is going to speak with us about 
loving God with our whole heart, soul, and mind, and loving our neighbor as herself. Christy Dentinger is going to be with us to talk about the Real Presence Education Foundation. And Father Wade Menezes and I are going to start a conversation that we're going to be bringing you all week on what is in a name. Before we get to any of that, let's go to Mike Roberts for today's weather and our Saint of the Day. Invocation of the Nine Choirs of Angels O holy angels, watch over us at all times during this perilous life. O holy archangels, be our guides on the way to heaven. O heavenly choir of the principalities, govern us in soul and body. O mighty powers, preserve us against the wiles of the demons. O celestial virtues, give us strength and courage in the battle of life. O powerful dominations, obtain for us dominion over the rebellion of our flesh. O sacred thrones, grant us peace with God and man. O brilliant cherubim, illumine our minds with heavenly knowledge. O burning seraphim, enkindle in our hearts the fire of charity. Amen. I feel like every time we do a segment on the Blessed Sacrament and the Eucharistic Revival that's happening right now. I say, as you may know, we're in the middle of Eucharistic Revival. It's been going on for a year and a half, so we're all there. But, you know, one of the joys about Eucharistic Revival, one of the joys about our faith is uh, talking about our Lord's presence in the Blessed Sacrament is an inexhaustible treasure. We're never going to run out of things that we could discuss when it comes to the real presence of our Lord in the Most Holy Eucharist. And so today, to help us keep the conversation going, we're happy to have Christy Dentinger with us in studio. Christy, good day to you. Thank you for having me. Very much. Appreciate it. Now, you are with the Real Presence, and and when I say with, you founded the Real Presence Education Foundation. What is the foundation? What's its purpose, and what do you do? We go into schools and teach students, into PSR programs to teach students, and and we teach adults about the Real Presence of Jesus in the Eucharist. And we use Blessed Carla Kudis. We also talk about um, the Eucharistic miracles, very um, in-depth about Eucharistic miracles. And then we bring in the Bible stories that go along with the Eucharistic miracles because it's the liturgy of the Word and the liturgy of the Eucharist. The two go together. Oh, that sounds absolutely wonderful. So if a parish is looking for more resources, especially in this parish year of the revival, to help bolster the faith of the parish and uh, learn more about Eucharistic miracles and, and other things, you are prepared to help them out. Yes, we are. We would very much love to. All right. So what are, what are some of those things that, you know, you, you mentioned kind of the, the broad view of these are the things we do. But if, if you were to come to my parish, what are some of the things you would help us with? Absolutely. We would love to help you speak to the children and to talk to them so they know that the real presence of Jesus, his body, blood, soul, and divinity is truly in the Eucharist. And we would come into the classrooms or we would also um, come into the PSR program and we put them in groups. So we teach K through two, three through five, and six through eight. And we would also come in to teach the adults to do an adult presentation. And we would um, talk to them um, using also the Eucharistic Miracles and the Book of John. I love it. Now, you might be listening and saying to yourself, I know some of the Eucharistic Miracles. I, in fact, I was just listening a few weeks ago as we were driving down to vacation to a talk, and they were talking about Lanciano and Buenos Aires. Uh, but Christy, before you came on the air with us here today, I said, do you have a favorite? And you mentioned one from Poland that I am not familiar with. And I was wondering, could you share that miracle with us on the air today? Absolutely. 
So that one happened in Sokoka, Poland. And what's so beautiful about it is that the bread changed into his body right there. And it's intertwined so deeply that NASA can't, does not even have the ability to make the bread turn into the body. And it is still bright red exactly when it happened in the year 2008, I believe is when it happened. So, so if I understand that right, NASA scientists, like the, the people that send people into space, the smart, some of the smartest people on the planet are looking at this consecrated host and they can't distinguish where the accident of bread stops and the actual flesh begins. What's so amazing about this exact miracle is that there were two world-renowned scientists that looked at this piece of flesh, and the one woman, the doctor, knew that it came from a consecrated host. The other doctor had no idea. He was completely kept in the dark that this was run from a consecrated host. And they did the testing separately while the gentleman had no idea, and they came up with the exact same results, that this is heart tissue. And it's um, heart tissue that has gone, undergone like a damage from a traumatic, traumatic situation. I, I'm, I'm going to guess heart tissue that's under, as you just said, undergone traumatic situation. I'm willing to step out on a ledge and say that if they identified the blood type, it was AB. That one they did not put any okay. blood type out on, but and all the other ones are identified as AB. All right, yeah. and then did they identify this one as myocardial tissue? They did. Okay, yes. and and then the last question: Did they look at the DNA sequence and say we couldn't find one? You There's know, we, no we DNA could, sequence. Yep. Yeah, and, and and you may be saying, Adam, why are you asking those questions? Those are very oddly <laughs> specific questions, and uh, Christy, it's because pretty much all of the Eucharistic miracles that we we, we mentioned, Lanciano, Buenos Aires. There's more. I mean, that's a, a characteristic that has been found when the the consecrated host, which the real presence of our Lord, not a what a who, uh, but when these miracles occur and and. You see the flesh. You see the the bleeding flesh in what used to look like bread. They do this testing and they find heart tissue from the myocardium. It shows signs that it's undergone severe traumatic stress, uh, such as being beaten and scourged, AB blood type, and presence of white blood cells, which usually don't live outside the body. That's that's the one that got my nurse wife to be like, "Wow, that's that's amazing." And. Uh, you know, I think our Lord's trying to tell us something that this is—it's really Him present. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Well, Christy, where can our listeners go if they want—if if they're saying, "All right, you, you got me hooked. This is more than enough to say I want to help spread devotion to our Lord's presence and the Most Holy Eucharist in my parish and, and share about these Eucharistic miracles, maybe with the kids in the school, uh, the adults in the parish." Where can they go for more information? We have a website. It's realpresence-edu.org. And they could also email me, it's Christy, period, Dettinger at iCloud.com. Or they can call me at 314-560-5926. All right. So realpresence-edu.org. Mm-hmm. And then Christy. K-R-I-S-T-I, period, Dettinger, D-E-N-T-I-N-G-E-R. At iCloud.com. All right. This is absolutely wonderful. And uh, I, I want to say, friends, not only is Christy with us in studio, but we are very, very blessed today 
Uh, Christy, you brought with you a first-class relic of Blessed Carlo. I'm, I'm getting a little choked up yeah. here. Of Blessed Carlo Acutis, uh, one of the newest blessings in the life of the church. And as a parent of a new teenager, I just turned 13 a few months ago, I, I'm thinking, I hope I'm doing something right, that my kids would have the faith of Blessed Carlo Acutis, or that they would see his example and they'd say, I want to be like that guy. Absolutely. He is an amazing example for our, our children. And I had the blessing to see him in March, actually, in Assisi, and he is pretty much incorrupt. And we bring this first-class relic with us to the presentations. And for the children, we take it out of the reliquary, and we let them hold it, and they pass it around, and they get to hold it. And um, for the adults, we bring it along for veneration. Wow. That's absolutely wonderful. Well, you, you heard it here. The Real Presence Education Foundation, realpresence-edu.org. Christy Dentinger, thank you so much for being with us today. We hope that you will help spread Eucharistic devotion during this period of revival in your parish. Prayer for God's blessing of one's daily work. O Lord my God, creator and ruler of the universe, it is your will that human beings accept the duty of work. May the work I do bring growth in this life to me and to those I love and help to extend the kingdom of Christ. Give all persons work that draws them to you and to each other in cheerful service. I unite all my work with the sacrifice of Jesus in the Holy Mass, that it may be pleasing to you and give you glory. I beg your blessing upon all my efforts. With St. Joseph as my example and guide, help me to do the work you have asked and come to the reward you have prepared. Amen. It's been a while since we've been able to have Father Wade Menezes with us on the show, but it's good to have you back with us, Father, after a, a long, I, I'm not going to say summer break, but a long summer. <laughs> yes, it has been, but it's, it's, it's been a, a good, long, working somewhat restful summer for me yeah <laughs> well we have a new thing in the, in our household we've been calling it the right institute for theological discourse and it's really our dining room table and i wanted to share this story with you and with our listeners that you know one day i come home from work it's late in the afternoon a little bit later than i normally come home and our oldest is sitting at the dining room table with four books spread out in front of him very neatly they're all the lives of the saints different volumes different authors and I said, son, what are you doing there? It's, there's no homework yet. And he goes, well, Dad, I heard that this year when I'm confirmed, I have to pick a new name, and it has to be a saint's name. Well, there's a lot of saints, so I thought I'd get a jump start on this before school begins. And, of course, that turned into all of the children asking, well, why does he get a new name? And, and why did you name me this name? I, I, you know, maybe I would have preferred that name, Dad. And I said, okay, there's only one guy we can bring into this conversation now for some answers, and that's from the Fathers of Mercy, Father Wade Menezes, host of Open Line Tuesday on EWTN Radio. And, Father, I, I almost had James call in, but I didn't want to monopolize your show that day. <laughs> well, boy, I would have loved to have been a, a, a fly on the wall in your dining room the afternoon all of this took place, <laughs> you know. But, you know, your son's right. And I commend not only him for a jumpstart, as he said, on picking a saint's name for his upcoming confirmation, but I also commend his uh, catechism teacher, his CCD teacher, for encouraging the kids in his class to pick a name of a saint for confirmation. That's a time-honored tradition in our Catholic Church. And we look no further then the church is teaching on what's in a name uh, to understand the beauty of this, whether it be the, the given name at baptism or whether in your son's case, uh, the name chosen uh, by himself. 
uh, at uh, confirmation time, you know? So uh, as far as Catholics go, what's in a name? Well, a lot, <laughs> you know, and, and I'd like to comb through the catechism here, uh, several paragraphs, and I'll give the numbers because it's just such rich, rich theology of, of this whole topic of, of what's in a name. So any parent, Adam, of our one holy Catholic and apostolic church does well to recognize the importance and the awesome responsibility, I call it, uh, one has when choosing a name for their children. Now, I'm talking about baptism right now, and then we'll work up to the importance of confirmation. As taught in the Catechism of the Catholic Church under the heading, the Christian name, that's actually the heading of this particular section of the Universal Catechism. Under the heading, the Christian name, we are fully and formally received into God's family at the time we receive the sacrament of baptism, which is when a Christian formally receives his or her name in the church. Catechism number 2165 says this, quote, In baptism, the Christian receives his name in the church. Parents, godparents, and the pastor are to see that the child be given a Christian name. The patron saint, for example, provides a model of charity and the assurance of his or her prayer over the individual who receives their name. How beautiful is that, right? Uh, remember, too, that the actual name of the person, Adam, is, is literally inserted and actually part of the form of the sacrament of baptism. Every sacrament, all seven of them, have matter and form. Well, uh, the form, often the formulary of the words spoken to confer or administer that sacrament, along with the proper matter to it, uh, the formula uh, has the name, comma, I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. So you said your, your son's name was James, is that correct? That is correct. So when he was baptized, I presume as, as an infant, when you and your wife had him baptized soon after he was born, the form literally had his name chosen by you and your bride inserted in the formula to administer the sacrament of baptism. How beautiful is that? The priest or the deacon or the bishop said, James, I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son of the Holy Spirit. Amen. As part of the sacrament of baptism, we Catholic Christians are further instructed in the catechism number 2156. So I quoted 2165. We'll invert now those two last numbers. In 2156, we read, Parents, sponsors, and the pastor are to see that a name is not given to the child, which is foreign to Christian sentiment. The sacrament of confirmation would be included here when choosing a confirmation name. So, Wade, you're having a priest named Father Wade tell you that parents should not choose a name that is foreign to Christian sentiment? Well, God had a plan because Wade means wanderer. W-A-N-D-E-R-E-R, -E -E not wanderer, like one who wanders, W-O-N-D-E-R. <laughs> Although some of my confers might say that I wander too much, right? But no, I'm talking about Wade the Wanderer, and look, itinerant missionary preacher that I am. So God had a plan when my parents got that name out of TV Guide in 1965 <laughs> from a character in a John Wayne movie, right? Good cowboy name, Wade, right? So, but they chose Lewis, my father. And so I do have St. Louis as a middle name. And then for Jude, all five of us Menezes children, uh, partly because of a, a holy guilt trip from my mother and father, all of us chose Jude for our confirmation because my parents, especially my mom, had a very strong devotion to St. Jude. And get this, our only sister, Susie, chose Judith. And she didn't spell it J-U-D-I-T-H. No, she wanted the whole name of Jude in there. So she spells her confirmation name J-U-D-E-T-H. How awesome is that, right? So again, 2156, 
Parents should not choose a name that is foreign to Christian sentiment. And so let's get at least that middle name, hopefully the first name, if not the first name, definitely the middle name and definitely the confirmation name after a saint. Uh, parents can give their offspring any name that supports the Lord's sanctifying of humanity. I'd like to think that my wandering as an itinerant traveling missionary preacher helps to sanctify humanity by being faithful to God's grace in my work, my priestly work as an itinerant missionary preacher. The Catechism number 2156 states clearly that the sacrament of baptism is conferred in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, again, with the person's name inserted first. These are words of both blessing and sanctification in the name of the three divine persons, Adam, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, the Most Holy Trinity. In baptism, the Lord's name sanctifies and the Christian receives his name in the church. This can be the name of a saint, that is, of a disciple who has lived a life of exemplary fidelity to the Lord. One's patron saint provides a model of charity, right? Remember, all the saints were canonized based on what? Heroic virtue. All the saints are canonized based on the heroic virtue they lived and exhibited during their life at some point, surely towards the end of their life, so much so that people who knew them were clamoring at the local bishop in the diocese where they died to have their causes introduced for beatification and subsequent canonization. Huh? So again, this could be the name of a saint, that is, of a disciple who has lived in exemplary fidelity to the Lord. Once patron saint provides a model of charity, another virtue, we are assured of his or her intercession, as the church teaches, and the baptismal name can also express a Christian mystery or a Christian virtue. Examples of this last component include names like faith, hope, and charity. I even have a, a goddaughter out in California named Hope. She's the daughter of my first cousin. Uh, our mothers were sisters. And so I'm godfather, baptismal godfather to little Hope. And so there you have an example of a virtue uh, as a baptismal given name. And that's where we're going to stop in our conversation with Father Wade today. We're going to be having this conversation all week here on Roadmap to Heaven. We're going to take a break here with uh, Francesca Battistelli and a song called He Knows My Name to inspire us on this Monday morning, followed by our weather and our daily dose of encouragement. Vocation Prayer for Youth O Holy Spirit, Spirit of wisdom and divine love, impart your knowledge, understanding, and counsel to youth that they may know the vocation wherein they can best serve God. Give them courage and strength to follow God's holy will. Guide their uncertain steps, strengthen their resolutions, shield their chastity, fashion their minds, conquer their hearts, and lead them to the vineyards where they will labor in God's holy service. Amen. Are you enjoying this podcast? Well, if you are, did you know that Covenant Network offers great programming 24 hours a day on 43 stations in five states, plus streaming online? You can find our schedule, your local station, or listen online at www.ourcatholicradio.org. That's O-U-R catholicradio.org. It is a favorite month of mine, and here we are with a new week and a new month on the Daily Dose of Encouragement. Patty Schneier, what are we going to talk about as we begin this month of October? Well, we are going to spend the next two weeks on the rosary. October is the month of the rosary, and we're going to unpack 
in the next two weeks, the joyful and the sorrowful mysteries. Then later on the year, I promise I'll offer some reflections on the luminous and the glorious mysteries. But the idea of sharing rosary meditations with all of you came from a day of reflection in which I spoke recently in Jefferson City. And at one point during the day, we all prayed the rosary together and a team of women offered reflections on the joyful mysteries. I was so moved by these reflections, I asked for a copy. And they told me that they had found them in the National Catholic Register written by Sherry Antonetti. So I cannot take credit for any of these that I'm going to share with you this week. I wanted to share for this week the joyful mysteries. The world would tell us that joy and peace are possible only when everything is perfect. When all the tasks are finished, when everything works out well. However, if we look at the lives of Jesus, Mary, and Joseph reflected in the joyful mysteries of the rosary, we know that the greatest joys can come through struggle, through suffering, when everything was far from perfect. So through the joyful mysteries, God gives us a glimpse into how to weather the trials that each of us face in this world, which I thought that was their overarching theme about how to go about praying the joyful mysteries. If you look at them, there are instances where things were not perfect. And I had never really thought about it in that way. So today, let's look at the first joyful mystery, the Annunciation. So in the Annunciation, when Mary received and assented to the good news that she'd been offered the great grace of being the mother of God, from a worldly perspective, saying yes would bring a heart pierced by a sword. So how do we respond to the unknown? Think about the unknown in her yes. I mean, she said yes to a total unknown. So how do we respond when we have to say yes to something unknown and the fears that come with the unknown when we're cooperating with God, even when it's hard, even if it's going to involve a lifelong challenge? So what fear of the unknown are you facing today? Let's imitate Mary Say yes and trust that whatever God's plan is, it's bigger than ours and oriented toward bringing as many souls as possible to heaven. So that's what we can think of, that first joyful mystery, the Annunciation, the fear of the unknown. And then let your prayer just flow from that as you pray that decade of the rosary. And maybe that'll help you pray the rosary in a whole new way today. I can already tell this is going to be one of those weeks I'm going to love here on the Daily Dose of Encouragement. Patty, thank you for today's encouragement. So we have some things I'd like to wrap up with today on this uh, Monday, October 2nd. So let's get started here. First and foremost, we have our reminders about the end of this week, that Friday is the first Friday of the month of October. And Saturday is the first Saturday of the month of October as well. It'd be really odd if it was the first Saturday of a different month, I suppose. But here's what we're called to do. In our Lord's apparition of St. Margaret Mary Alico, in which he asks for the first Friday devotion, he asks St. Margaret Mary Alico to, to spread this devotion of attending Holy Mass and then praying in reparation for sins against his sacred heart. You know, we were one of the things we were giving away to uh, at one of our levels last week on the Radiothon. It's this beautiful crimson shirt with the sacred heart of Jesus on it. And on the back, it says First Friday Reparation Team. Well, we can all be on the team, whether you have the shirt or not. You can be on the First Friday Reparation Team just by doing this. One of the ways I love to encourage people to do this is after you go to Mass, just spend some time with our Lord in Eucharistic adoration. I mean, how how 
often are we just feeling hurried? Oh, I went to mass. And then, you know, the, the final hymn ends and maybe we stay for a minute or two, but then we get up and we go to the next thing. Well, what about not just leaving? You know, I, I was at a friend's house the other night and I was just dropping off a keyboard. He let me borrow for a thing I had to play for. And in, in dropping off the keyboard, we, you know, we lingered in the front room talking for a good 15, 20 minutes. You know, I had done what I had come to do. Well, how about doing that with our Lord? And maybe not just on first Fridays, but how about every time? We go to Mass. Can I challenge you to do that? Will you let me challenge you to do that? That every time you go to Mass, spend a good amount of time, 10 to 15 minutes after Mass, just praying with our Lord. He's just offered himself for you to receive him. Why not spend some time praying with him after Mass? Now, Saturday, I love this. I love the way it anchors me in how often should we make a good confession. Well, I say a minimum of months, once a month. Uh, the church teaching is you have to confess all mortal sins at least once a year, but the Blessed Mother asks us to make this devotion on the first Saturday. So once a month, she's encouraging us, make a good confession, go to Mass, receive Holy Communion, pray the rosary, meditate for 15 minutes upon the mysteries of the rosary, and uh, this Saturday especially, with the Feast of Our Lady of the Rosary on first Saturday, how could we not do what she is asking us to do? How could we not do that? I don't know the answer to that question because I don't think we have a good answer to that question. I certainly don't, right? So let's do that on this Saturday. And if you need to go to confession before you go to Mass on Friday for First Friday, do that. It, it will be applicable towards the First Saturday devotion. You don't have to go two days in a row. Uh, if you need to go two days in a row, if you commit a mortal sin after going to confession on Friday, by all means, go again on Saturday if you're repentant. And, and I pray that you would be if that were the case. Finally, I want to say today, I had the, the great fortune of spending a good chunk of the day on Saturday at the Seek First event here in St. Louis with Focus Ministries and the Archdiocese of St. Louis. Focus founder uh, Curtis Martin was in town. And I just want to leave you with this. Um, registration for Seek 24 is open, and there are early registration discounts through October 26th. If you went last year, and you had a great experience, could I ask you to maybe think of three people in your life you want to share that with and maybe invite them to check this out? Perhaps they'd want to register. Perhaps they'd want to go with you. Just think of three people. Pray for those three people before you invite them, before you share this with them. You know, today on their Feast of the Guardian Angels, maybe pray to their Guardian Angels uh, that, you know, pray, pray through their intercession that you'd have a good conversation with them. Ask them to help you out. Which leads me to my final point. You know, lately I, I found myself in a couple different places in my life outside of the radio studio having to take on difficult conversations. And something someone suggested to me that I think is so great on this Feast of the Guardian Angels is whenever you're going to have to have a difficult conversation with someone, whether it's because of something you did, something they did, or just the, the situation around you, have you talked with your guardian angel and have you talked with theirs? Have you asked for that help? Have you gone to our Lord and asked him to ask the guardian angels to help? How could they refuse him, right? Not giving specific directives, all right, guardian angel, would you have this person do that, please? But to say, would you, would you help guide us to the right conclusion in this conversation? 
something to consider. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. All glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end, amen. Mary, Mother of the Church, and Queen of the Rosary, pray for us. St. Joseph, Terror of Demons, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Tomorrow on the show, we are going to have Teresa Tamio, host of Catholic Connection on EWTN Radio with us. And we are also going to continue that conversation on what's in a name with Father Wade Menezes. And we have more for you tomorrow as well. For all of us here at Covenant Network, I'm Adam Wright. Thanks for listening to Roadmap to Heaven this morning. And especially in this month of October, please do not forget to pray your rosary today.